This podcast is for mature audiences 18 and over and for entertainment purposes only. Please contact your healthcare provider before pursuing any of our topics discussed. You're listening to Eat, Play, Sex with Dr. Cat, the place to get play, sex, and nutrition talk straight to your ears. Hey, lovers, and welcome to another episode of Eat, Play, Sex. I'm your sex expert, Dr. Cat. All right, so what are we scrolling through these days? Who are we following? Who are we consuming through our eyes and our ears, whether it's mindless or conscious or both? Every couple of months, I go through what I call a social media cleanse, consciously going through my list of who I follow and clearing my cabinets of anyone that isn't adding to my nutritious self-love, self-supporting, and growing attitude. It's amazing to realize how we somehow have been consuming junk food, whether to make someone else feel better by following them back, or maybe it was a post that made us feel really guilty for the shape that we're in and wanted to be inspired by whatever their route was. Because just like whatever we consume food-wise, we become. And the same applies to what we are consuming otherwise. We don't just go without being impacted. With that, we are now seeing through a lens specially curated for us of how we are quote unquote supposed to be and see ourselves in this world. And it's probably caused us to do some radical or dangerous things in pursuit of making ourselves fit that mold of beauty. And the bigger problem here is that we either don't know how dangerous it is to our body or we just don't care. Fuck knows I've done some strange things in my past for the pursuit of beauty. And I'm not immune to this toxicity. That's one of the reasons I created Undone Sensual Yoga for women. We get to gather as women and reclaim the love of our bodies and our sensuality in a safe container and support of other women seeking the same. And let me highlight that word support, that we take care of each other and we are that reflection for each other especially during those times where we just don't see the beauty. And this is exactly what we're getting into today. I have with me the sparkliest unicorn in all the land, hormone expert and functional nutrition, uh, nutrition practitioner, Diane Kieser here to talk to us about how our efforts for beauty can be toxic and how breast implant plants or any implants can be doing us some real physical harm. But before we get to Diane, I just want to take a moment and thank you all for tuning in. I want to thank you for your reviews that help me gain points in the podcast stratosphere. And I want to thank you for sharing with your best friend and your mom and your neighbor down the street and all your Instagram followers. (laughs) Thank you for letting me know how this info has just rocked your sex world because it's literally my pleasure. My goal here is to help you to eat, play, and sex better. And if you haven't already, please head to eplaysex.com where you can subscribe to the show, connect with me, and get my free guide on how you can have better conversations with your fantasies and your lovers. Now, ah, it is my absolute pleasure here to invite and welcome our awesome guest, stoked to have her, Diane Kayser. Yay! Mm, God, what an intro, Cat! What a what an amazing intro! Just for <laughs> the, the the juice, the medicine, the love that you're sharing with everybody here. I I love I loved every bit of it, and I'm like, of course, I want to keep listening. <laughs> oh, girl, for you, I'm I'm rolling out the red carpet. <laughs> oh, the, can it be rainbow? Can it be rainbow? Oh fuck yeah, rainbow, the rainbow and carpet, furry, yes, and glitter, yes, and it spurts glitter out. Yeah, As you walk like down, the, down yes. the, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and if you listeners are thinking that this sing-song voice is familiar, you'd be right. Yes, that's the voice of my former co-host joining us from her side of the health world to bring you important news about your boobies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Your boobies? My your boobies, booty, your boobies. Your body and your brain. We're going to talk about it 
all because your boobies are your butt and your butt's your brain and your butt's your body. You are your whole of all of your parts. We'll talk about all your parts. All the parts. BBB. (laughs) Part one. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. I'm stoked to have you on this. This might end up being an episode where we just like flirt and giggle and and drop wisdom bombs in there with glitter, obviously. Beauty bombs. Beauty bombs. Oh, Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. Warrior wisdom and beauty bombs. (laughs) Yes. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about who you are in this world? Yeah. Thanks for the question, Kat. So it's, uh, it's interesting. If you, if you go back and listen to, I was writing some notes about what you just mentioned, Kat, and we both have evolved as women, um, as leaders, uh, as sisters, as friends, as friends to ourselves. And, and that's what I love so much about this show and what we created together and what you've taken uh, the baton and carried is that we are always being challenged to up level. Mm. And so, you know, a lot of what you were just referring to about the, what you've created and what I've created, it is really about stepping into our power and becoming embodied and empowered. And so if we were to look at both of us, like you guys listen to some, it's, it would be fun. Go listen to some of our old episodes from like one to 25, I think is where we left off and mm-hmm. where we talked about being a boundary badass and a boundary bitch. And you know, one of my new campaigns is hashtag love my lines. And yeah. And I thought it was really cool because boundaries are lines, right? Like I'm drawing a line and here is who I am and here's who I'm not. So there's been a lot of, and also it applies to wrinkles. It applies to the lines of your body, the the lines, the curves, the, the cellulite, the wrinkles, love them all because your body's communicating to you. Mm -hmm. And instead of condemning them, the signs that your body's communicating, sit with them and listen to them compassionately. So if you were to listen to our episodes from three years ago, we're different. We've evolved and, and that's okay. We're so afraid of change, right? But I think that what I love so much about you, Kat, and the show uh, is that we're always evolving and we're always being challenged to change. The word change in itself is in the word challenge. So we can't, we can't change unless we're challenged. And mm. yes. so three years ago, you know, when we first started this, I think it was four, three, four years ago. Mm. Long time yeah. ago. <laughs> Long time ago to now, I've discovered so many things about myself that I really was on a path to fully accept and fully, as you put it, embody. And I wasn't stepping into my power, but you know, as much as I am, but that's, it's all beautiful step along the way. So now um, what I'm doing is yes, I still do like the functional medicine labs and help women uncover and discover uh, and recover parts of themselves. They've lost through the process of toxins and tox. So I say it's toxic chemicals Mm. And talk sick stories. So like T-A-L-K-S-I-C-K. So it's these sinister toxins and these stories that we carry about ourselves that actually block our beauty. So I removed my breast implants um, last May. I've also discovered that um, maybe it was even more Botox illness than it was breast implant illness. My book's coming out on breast implant illness and how to overcome that. But I've also included in that book that it's not just breast implant that are causing um, our symptoms and our illnesses. It's also, we have this, this bully implant inside of our, our mind that says, you're not beautiful as you are. Because mm. the first question I got from women when I started working with them uh, on helping them recover and reclaim parts of themselves after breast implants and cleanse their body and, and heal their hormones and ignite their life is they, a lot of them ask me, what do you think about Botox? And I'm like, mm. we have not learned. We really have some work to do here in this culture. And that's oh what I'm on a mission to do. Ooh, there's so much juice in there. I'm like sitting here bouncing in my seat. You can't see me, but I'm like, <laughs> like this little gremlin ready to, ready to go, like eat all of that. I'm going to consume all of that. Yeah, that's good stuff to consume for your heart. Yeah. You know what I'm thinking as I'm sitting here and holding my own breasts? <laughs> yes, please do. Yeah. Right. I, I think about the relationships that we have with our breasts, you know, these since when we were younger, all these different messages we would get about what's, what's beautiful, what's not like, what's, what's bad. Or if you develop too fast, you know, you got all these you know, your kids bullying you and telling you that, you know, making fun of you. And, or the other way around, if you always had tiny titty club, you mm. would also be made fun of, but it's like, ultimately we've just received negative messages to ourselves. Mm-hmm. And how long. that impacts our relationships to them. And it's like, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, boobies. I'm sorry. I wasn't very nice to you. What came up as hold your breath, not your breath. 
And we are living in a world right now of fight or flight. You know, there's all of this, there's all of this, who knows what's real anymore, right? Like when you look at beauty, what's real on that person? I've had a lot of work done to myself, um, but there came to a point where I was like, I'm so tired of shaming you body and I'm so sorry. And it was getting sick mm. with my breast implants that helped me realize that I have been shaming my body for way too long. And it brought mm-hmm. me to my knees, Kat. It brought me to my knees. In what pools was that moment of, for you? Yeah. Thanks for the question. It was, it was for me, <sighs> my infrared sauna and, and, I was feeling my breasts. Oh, here it is. That's cool. Look how you just brought me into this. Wow. Huh. Are you, are you touching yours too? Are you? Yes, holding? I am. I know. <laughs> I'm like, holding I, my breasts. <laughs> I literally do this all the time. Like when I'm As at you home should. and I'm working and I'm just like holding them. <laughs> oh yeah. And, and I'll tell you, remind me to tell you why that's really healthy in, in, a, in a little bit. Oh yeah. Um, I was doing that in the sauna. I was feeling them. I was massaging them because at that point I had, I had installed installed like I'm a car. <laughs> I had installed like 500 cc silicone breast implants in 2011 when I moved to Orange County. And of course, you know, down here living in Southern California, there's a lot of pressure to look like mm-hmm. Hollywood stars and um, actors and performers Yeah, and residents. And so I was like, well, this is just what you do when you move here. You become part of the cult. Sure. The part of the culture that is mm. plastic surgery and plastic, everything is, you know, fake and plastic that is um, you know, med spa treatments. A lot of that is Botox, that's breast implants, it's botched beauty products, et cetera. And so I, I, I conformed, you know, I did it because I had 10% um, body fat. And when I was bikini competing, I didn't have boobs and I was part of the itty bitty titty committee. And I was like, Oh God, this is kind of shameful. And then of course my photographer, the very first photo I ever did was when he's to me. And that was the moment that he planted the weed, not the seed, uh, the, the sinister weed that said, if you're going to compete in this industry, you need to have double D's because you're not going to make it to the cover. Yeah. You're not going to make it to the cover of oxygen magazine. You're not going to make it as a pro card unless you get double D's. And he did not stop saying this repeatedly. I, I, I probably should like put that guy in blast cause he's not a very good person, but my first photo shoot, can you imagine? I'm like, Oh, I'm going to be a fitness model and I'm going to make it big. And I'm moving to orange County and, and I'm like insecure at that point. And so I'm doing this shoot and my body looks great, but he's saying that. And I'm like, can you just shut the hell up and just take the pictures? And mm-hmm. I felt really insecure and, and, and not enough. It triggered my not enough narrative. Yeah. And eventually, you know, within the next six months I was shopping for boobs. So, you know, fast forward, um, months later, I was having symptoms the entire time and I just did not realize that what was going on in my gut was... What do you mean? What do you mean symptoms? What did you see? Yeah. Yeah. So the symptoms, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll give you the story of when I discovered what I discovered was on my knees in tears. And then I'll give you the story in between that brought me to that moment. So I just gave you the moment of like where it began, right. For me. Sure. And of course, before that, you know, it was like, I was already insecure. My body was already people pleasing. I was already, you know, trying to get attention from moms every, you know, Mm -hmm. projecting my motherhood and my story about my mother not being enough and trying to find approval everywhere through everybody because in my story, my mom didn't approve me as who I was. So Mm -hmm. I projected that outward. And that was really the thing that really healed me toward the end was addressing my mother wound. Uh, And that's something I think is the biggest epidemic in our society is, um, is, is the, the, the parental wounds of where we have been taught to be um, what they need us to be, to feel like they can be proud of us and to fit into a society and culture that they've been taught. So it's also not their fault. So in this moment, I'm sitting in my sauna and I'm sweating, you know, in my infrared sauna, um, I'm sweating. And then all of a sudden I'm like, I can't tell if these are tears or if these are, if this is sweat beads going down my body because I became a snotty cry, tear, tearful, sweaty pool of mess because I found lumps on my breasts. Oh. And I was like, um, am I dying? Am I what is this? Mm -hmm. And if I am dying, have I really, really lived out my mission? Have I, have I done the work that I came here to do? Have I served the mission that I came here to serve? Have I empowered and inspired the people that I came here to inspire and empower, but starting with myself? 
Well, let's take a moment and just acknowledge your insight in that moment. Like if I was a snotty mess, I would just be like, I'm dying. But you're like, and did I leave the best imprint on the planet that I could? You know, like, (laughs) it's just, yeah, yeah. High five, babe. High five. (laughs) Thanks, sister. Yeah. Thanks for that. And it's because, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that brings me to a very powerful and empowering point. And that is, here's a unicorn horn, the point. <laughs> uh-huh. And that is, um, when you, when you're in a moment like that, you, you can take it one of two ways. You can become the victim of, of your own creation that's been taught to you subconsciously, or you could become your own victorious celebratory warrior that mm. saves yourself from the prison that you've been in your whole life. And I don't want to be disempowered any longer to mm. a culture that says mm-hmm. that I'm not enough as I am. Yeah. And so really I chose, I chose life. You know, I, 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 I chose to give myself the life that I hadn't been giving to myself for far too long because I've been giving everybody else life. And I learned, oh my gosh, there's a lot of codependent narratives that are working, that I'm working out here from my childhood with my mother um, looking to get a, a approval. And so this is what I found behind the scenes, Kat, when I started working with a lot of women on what beauty is for them and, and really pulling, pulling the curtain back. What are the things that you're doing in the name of beauty and realizing that there's a lot of insecurity from that time in their life. And mm. what has really helped to heal these women uh, to self heal themselves really is to ask the questions why is it that you're making these toxic choices to cut your body open and betray your body, telling it that it's not enough as it is? And mm-hmm. it's not just about detox. It's about, you know, it's not just about detoxing the chemicals. It's about detoxing the toxic stories that we're telling ourselves about what really beauty is and what, when is it enough? You know, like yeah. when is it, where's the line? And where, who, does, where's the line? who determines who the fuck determined that enough like, what is that except this, you know, this thought in the ethers that nobody can really define yeah. and yet it fucks with all of us. I hate to say it, but this kind of, um, beauty prison has been going on for hundreds, thousands of years where mm-hmm. women have been, you know, kind of enslaved to the, the, a narrative of being a servant or being a prisoner to those that get to decide what beauty looks like. I mean, I, I, I love men. I love women. I'm not saying that this is a, you know, a major, you know, gender issue or divide. It's the energy, right? Mm-hmm. That, that toxic energy that traps women and, and to think that this is, or, or anybody for that matter, you know, anybody, mm-hmm. you know, beauty is a universal term that gets applied to anybody, anything. Um, and it's like, well, it, it, I'm going to make you feel as though you need to adjust things so that you're not enough because that, that makes you a slave. That makes you a slave to Mm -hmm. a narrative that also makes you weak and controllable Mm -hmm. and controllable to those that have created breast implants that have created, uh, these chemicals that we're putting Mm -hmm. inside of our body. Like Botox is the number one most toxic substance known to man. And we are injecting it into our faces, into our butts, into our bodies, into our babies, into our brain. It is, we're injecting to our forehead the most, and it is right next to the brain. And we have now proven that it is actually numbing out emotions and the ability to, to feel emotions. And so, the, the, so the, the brain can't register anything if we have an emotional expression. And so we become literally numb with uh, our emotions. And how can we feel our sense of self and connect to our hearts when we're numbed out to it? Stop it. This is insane. How come we don't hear about any of this? I mean, I'm in the heart of LA and you in Orange County. And it's like Botox is just a, you know, like a regular thing. Everybody injects it in their lips or in their forehead yeah. to reduce these wrinkles. And yet it's like nobody really knows. And that's the scary thing. Nobody knows or cares to know, or wants to know, or, you know, or even if they know, they don't care yeah. about what it's doing to their body. Yeah. Well, here's all, I'm going to give you a few Botox stats and I have, you know, my own podcast now, and this episode's going to drop the week that we're talking now. And I, and I, I just need to start here. Those of you listening, 
I, this is not about me shaming you and your choices. Okay. This is, that's not what Kat and I are doing here. I am all about transparency. It is in my human life design that I came here as a mission, as a warrior of transparency to shine a light on the dark past that we are not being told. And so this is the truth of the matter is that we have you can you can get people very insecure by creating a lot of destruction and destruction, disease and fear. It's driven by sh- the one sh- is shame. That's this root. If you're thinking about yourself, like be the deepest root of shame, and then above that is like fear and guilt, right? And we and, and belonging. We have these like fundamental human needs. We need to belong. We need to be loved. We need to be seen. And so there's all these things that we think that culture shows us that you need to be perfect to be loved and seen and to be mm-hmm. enough, right? So then. Well, and then, and then you go out and, and share yourself in public and you have, you know, heaven forbid, there's a picture of you on Instagram without, you know, with lines on her forehead. Oh, that woman needs Botox. And I've seen it a lot mm-hmm. in my, my YouTube videos. And at first I, I, I really cared what people thought and thank God this whole process of awakening. I'm like, I really don't care what you think. And this is a projection of your own experience of yourself. And that has nothing to do with me. And I'm going to let you own that narrative for yourself, but wow. no, thanks. I know what Botox is about and, or, or anything. It's not just Botox, it's beauty care products. It's, it's the micro things that we do on a daily basis that end up being the macro that spilleth our toxic bucket over that starts with the toxic stories that we tell ourselves that we're not enough as we are. Mm. So it's this, we're living in a societal um, narrative that is 70% of our lives we're in fight or flight. Mm-hmm. And then really think about this when we're in fight or flight, Think about like, if you had, uh, you, if you had someone chasing after you cat and it wasn't someone that you wanted to play with, uh-huh. <laughs> you're a cat, right? You've got like a dog chasing after you. <laughs> I mean, are you thinking about busting out your toy and playing with yourself and pleasuring yourself? Or are you thinking about getting the hell away from the dog? Well, and it depends how sexy is this dog? <laughs> <laughs> he wants to eat you. Well, not, he doesn't want to eat your pussy. He wants to eat you. <laughs> So right, he wants to right. make you his lunch in not a good way, right? Right. So to- we've got this like anxiousness in our body or this, this, yeah, uh, heightened um, in, uh, nervous system, activated nervous system. And we don't want that. Yeah. So that's your central nervous system and overdrive like 70% of the day. And of course you're not thinking about anything other than running away from something that's dangerous and you're thinking about going into safety. So what that does is it draws uh, this obsession, attention on the body. Like it's, it's self-preservation, right? So if we're living in a world that's very fear-based and this is why I don't watch TV. Um, I don't participate or I'm friends with people who, you know, fear monger or live in anxiety land because I, or, or, you know, I'm around people like that, but I just, continue to own my own story instead of be codependent on there. So anyway, Mm -hmm. this is why we're at where we're at with our culture. This is the real root of why we're giving so many fucks about what they think and making these choices because body obsessed because we're living in a fight or flight, whatever that is, whether it's or deadlines or thinking that you need to cram your schedule to feel like you have purpose Mm -hmm. um, or that you need to go work out for two hours a day. Who has that much time anyway um, at the gym or whatever it is, you're exhausted and you're still pushing through it. This is not working anymore for us. This Mm -hmm. force-based society is forcing us to be obsessed about our appearance, our perfection, and fitting in because we're in this fear-based state. So this is the root of why we're so obsessed with looking a certain way and fitting in uh, because we don't want to experience shame. And so when we really own our own thoughts and really let other people own their own reality instead of when they're bullying us or when we're bullying ourselves, really most of the time, it's 90% of our own thoughts are our own self-bully. Um, based on the culture. So that's why we do the things that we do and being hyper-focused on our body and perfectionism and looking a certain way because we're afraid of being shamed. Mm -hmm. So that's where it's coming from. And so that's why we're not asking the questions of what's in this stuff and what have there been studies. We're assuming that you know, the FDA or the government or whoever is taking care of us, but they're more focused on profits than they are people. And when I really dug up this research, 
what I found validates that. And I'm happy to share that. I'm not mm, just yes. spreading opinions. I'm and, spreading studies. Right. And what really what this episode is about is empowering people. So by education, we can empower people to make their own decisions for themselves. So they can get this understanding and still decide, okay, actually, I still would prefer to do this, you know, and, and mm-hmm. agency for you. We want to empower you to make your own decisions here. Yes, absolutely. Because it, that's what's, that's the difference, right? If you want to still, you know, use Botox based on what you're going to learn in, in this episode and the one that I shared and in the beauty summit that I'm on that I brought Kat on to, I would highly encourage you guys to follow the link she's going to share. Um, but this is what I found behind the scenes of what the beauty care list industry is, is not that I, I want to make decisions for any of you. It's, I want you guys just to see the other side of this is not being told mm-hmm. to us. Like for example, Botox, it was actually developed and used as a biological weapon. And there's some examples of this, like the Japanese fed their war prisoners, uh, botulinum cultures in the 1930s with fatal effects. And then there's what? troops. Yeah. <sighs> this has been going on for a hundred years or so. And um, there's a troops that received um, Botox vaccine during world war II because of concerns that Germany had weaponized it. And the U.S. produced Botox, and it's technically called botulinum toxin, as a potential biological weapon during the World War II. And so with the United Nations, this is a really big one, and this is, this is the one that started really, my, my jaw was dropped when I started really digging into the research of this. A United Nations inspection team visited Iraq after the 1991 Gulf War. And they reported that Iraq admitted to having 19,000 liters of concentrated Botox that amount is enough to kill the entire human population three times over by inhalation. That's only about three pounds or so. And it was believed that Iraq deployed 600 kilometers range of missiles and a hundred pound bombs filled with Botox. What the hell is it doing on our bodies and our babies and in our body, in our brain? In our babies? Wait, yes. In our babies. What do you mean? Good question. So I know I, I'm, I'm in a Facebook group, which is where a lot of us are coming together with these truths. Right. And I don't know this woman. I don't know if it's true. I I can't, we can't bet out any of this stuff. And that's the problem, right? Like you can't do one study to see if it's one thing. Cause there's hundreds of thousands of toxins circulating everywhere right now. The average woman puts anywhere between 150 to 500 toxins on her body every day to get ready to go out there and be perfect in the world. And then we are finding that 250 chemicals, toxins are found in babies before they even have their own first breath. This is what's being passed down. So we can't test for one. And it's impossible because there's so many of them around inside of our body now that could have different chemical effects inside of our body. Um, but with the baby thing is I've had many women reach out to me since they've seen me take initiative with this, this non-toxic movement, many women with teenagers and babies, newborn babies themselves, old former clients reached out to me and said, I want to share my story with you. So in this podcast episode, I'm also going to share it on YouTube where I have a, a bunch of graphics and statistics, and you can see the confidential stories of people come reaching out to me and saying, I have a 16-month-old. My 16-month-old was experiencing neurological symptoms. The doctor told me that Botox would help it. So the Botox, the doctor injected Botox in my baby, and my baby has not been the same since. Mm. And what they're doing is that in medical use of Botox, they're using 10 times to 20 times more units than in cosmetic procedures. So... If, if you start to, it starts to accumulate in the body and we're not even sure if Botox can ever even leave the body. We're not sure if the, the 30 plus chemicals inside of breast implants that eventually most of them leak in throughout the body. We're not even sure if we can get that out because there's plastic in, inside of these, these breast implants and plastic takes like a thousand years to biodegrade if it does. Mm-hmm. So we're not even sure if we can clear silicone. We're not clear. We're sure if we can clear, there's a lot of these things that become permanent parts of ourselves and then it just becomes a cumulative effect. And that's the problem is it's not just one thing. It's all of these things. Mm, So it's hard to pinpoint exactly where the, where the, the fault is. Yeah. And I think that, you know, if I backtrack three, four years ago, you know, the days where you'd come to my house and, and then Laguna beach and we do our recordings and I had my sauna there and everything. And, um, back to those days, that's when I was really cleaning up my beauty care routine. 
Yeah. And I was clean. I cleaned up my makeup. I cleaned up my, my, my hygiene and personal care products that I was using. Most of it was around beauty. Mm-hmm. And I, cause I had big swollen, like red eyes, not the inside, but the outside looked like raccoon. And mm-hmm. I was super swollen. My lymph nodes were obviously like, uh, there's too many toxins inside of me and we're trying to protect you. That were, obviously there's some sort of infection happening, but I just didn't know what. So I was like, maybe it's my eyeshadow. Maybe it's my eyeliner. Maybe it's my, my, uh, mascara. Maybe it's something I'm eating. Maybe I need a detox from who knows. I, I was nowhere close to hovering over that it might be my breast implants. And what I found out, Kat, was after I done this, did this episode with this woman who is an expert on Botox uh, two weeks ago, she described to me the symptoms of Botox. And my jaw dropped because I went, oh my gosh, wait a second. The time that I was the most sick that I'd ever been was a month after I had the most amount of Botox injected in my face than I ever did. I only had two oh, treatments shit. before that. And they were yeah. for my 11s, you know, for my forehead and by my surgeon, by my yeah. surgeon, right? Like an MD right, right. versus this to my first, you know, this woman injects people all day long with Botox. Mm-hmm. And I went, friends had said, oh, you love her. And I, I trusted them. And, you know, they didn't have any symptoms or that I knew of, but like looking back, right. yes, they did. They were coming to me for advice and they were in and out of the hospital all the time. So looking back, these women that referred me to go see her were very, very sick themselves. Very sick. So very, what are we very at? sick? What, are, what symptoms are we looking at here for anybody who might be checking themselves? Yeah. So Botox can really, if you Google Gulf War syndrome, and if you Google or sorry, I don't like Google anymore because they actually filtering and censoring a lot of the information that we're seeing, just like the news is doing, you know, they're giving us like a one-sided angled version, um, of what, of what's out there. So they're really, um, there's, they're squeezing out natural and alternative, uh, care practitioners and people who are, who are out there speaking about how to heal at the root cause, at the root cause level. And several of the people who are on the summit that we're going to talk about in a little bit, um, they have actually lost like 95% of their traffic in 2019 because they got censored by Google. Oh, God. So I recommend you use DuckDuckGo, which <laughs> go <laughs> and, um, DuckDuckGo. So it sounds just like it's, it spells like it sounds. Mm-hmm. And then you'll see things if you, if you DuckDuckGo things, not Google things. Um, and you find that the symptoms of Gulf War syndrome parallel Botox illness and symptoms of Botox toxicity. You'll see this also in some of the visuals in the YouTube video. If you want to put that in the show notes, Kat, is of course, temporary paralysis, uh, generalized anxiety and depression, uh, confusion, irritability, brain fog, electrical zaps in the brain. And it could be other parts of your body as well. I was feeling them over my breast implants, uh, brain hypoxia, stroke, blurred vision, facial and eye twitches. Uh, a lot of times women experience, and anybody who does Botox for eye lifting, as a lot of people do it for lifting you know, the forehead, mm-hmm. and they will experience droop, like eye droop, because mm, wow. it, it paralyzes the muscles, but over time they atrophy, so you end up needing more and more and more, and you end up spending like $3,000 a year on this, and then people say, I can't afford health, but it's because... They're spending so much money on these things that actually make you sicker. And we don't know if you could detox, but this is the one that I experienced the most. And I was losing my literal mind with it is feelings of crawling under the skin. So I was, I was feeling like when this, when this, when I was at the throes of it, cat, I was itching so bad until I bled. I could all over my body, but primarily my neck Mm-hmm. And my eyes, I like wow. wanted to claw my eyes out. It was that bad. And I couldn't figure it out. And here I'm a health practitioner. I'm like, I can't even figure this shit out. And nobody else can either. So wh- when is this going to stop? I took all the antihistamines in the world. I took prednisone mm-hmm. twice. Prednisone is an awful drug, but in worst case scenario, it could be life-changing, which it helped me, but it wasn't getting to the root of it, right? breathing issues, feeling like you have shortness of breath, like feeling like you have a really hard time just taking a deep breath, facial pain, nerve pain, um, hormonal issues. Uh, A lot of times with hormonal issues, it drops, you know, it could could really influence cortisol, your stress hormone, because your body goes, whoa, that's a chemical, stress hormones, send all the stress hormones to break it down. Not the natural part of the body. Nope. Not (laughs) Infiltrating. Yes. Infiltrating. (laughs) Dry, flaky, itchy skin, vertigo, heart palpitations, sleep issues loss of appetite, numbness in hands and feet, and numbness in other parts of the body, like severe constipation, 
paralyzed bowels. So I see oh. a lot of women, yeah, oh women who are very, very constipated because you think about what it does is Botox paralyzes these parts of your body. And so, you know, it paralyzes the parts of your, let's say forehead or your eyes or whatever you want to like not wrinkle, which is why I'm saying love my lines because right. in five years, people are going to start loving wrinkles again. I'm probably tattooing them on their face because that's hot. <laughs> like 20 year olds now are like, you know, the millennials are like, let's dye our hair gray. And it's like, okay, well maybe they'll start doing little wrinkle tattoos. Look how wise yeah. I am, you know? Right. I mean, there's this whole movement right now of, of gray pride. Have you seen that? No. Where women are coming out with their natural graying hair. Yeah. I literally yes. just saw that. I was like, fuck yes. Hell yes. Silver hair. I yeah. can't wait for mine to go there. I know. I'm getting, you know, my cat, I'm going in for my first haircut today where I'm like, you know what? I see some gray hairs and I'm stoked and I'm cool and it's fine. And mm -hmm really flipping the bird to this whole, like what we need to do in the name of beauty and literally dying to be beautiful. Like, right. no, it's just like, what is it worth anymore? Because I, I was feeling so terrible and I spent hundreds of thousands of dollars trying to figure out what the hell was wrong with me, not knowing that my toxic beauty routine and the toxic thoughts that were driving it, that was what was killing me. Yeah. It wasn't that my hormones just went out of, you know, oh, you know, so many of us go, well, fuck my hormones or like, you know, my hormones are here to kill me. I swear. And it's like, no, 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 no. Your hormones are here. <laughs> they are the language of your soul. They are self-love from the soul to communicate. Something's going on down here. We probably should explore this, but we just are not taught to explore or even are not taught that Botox, the primary form of use of Botox, which is Dysport, contains human blood. In it. Shut up. What? Yep. So everybody's what? all this craze about like, let's talk about vaccinations and we shouldn't put other people's blood in us. And like other people, you know, religions say that, you know, I don't want to have blood transfusions. You know, there's some people, some religions that really deserve to know these truths, but no one talks about it. And the people that are in med spas, because I did PRP, plasma rich platinum technology, and I spent $3,000 reviving my skin that was um, that was damaged by all these chemicals that I put in my body. And so it has helped, but they're like, you know, but a little bit of Botox and fillers would help here. And I'm like, I don't want those in my body. I've told you right. this three times. And they're like, yeah, but there's this organic Botox now. How and I'm like, do you make that organic? That doesn't I grow on a tree. Well, there's no Botox shrub that you <laughs> in my garden, like fuck off. No way. Seriously. Seriously. <laughs> so I was like, no organic poison. And so what I learned is that even the more organic version of it, it travels throughout your body even more because it doesn't have this human blood in it or mm -hmm. lactose in it. So people who are lactose intolerant, people who are vegan, people who don't, you know, things that people need to make informed choices. If you guys want, you know, if, if once you have these things, you still want it, that's Fine, but I also believe that there are babies that deserve a better chance because we can reverse migraines. We can mm -hmm. address the root cause if people knew how to do it. But unfortunately, our culture says Botox is the only way or whatever. This is just one yeah. example of the toxins in beauty care routine, right? It's just one, barely scratching yeah. the surface, but it's a big one. So that's what, that's what I want to know too, is because you've also talked about, you know, the breast implants. So implants is huge. So Botox is huge, especially here in Los Angeles, but so are breast implants. And you know, again, it's never been one of the, it's always been one of those things where I was like, yeah, you know, it's your body, you do what, do what you want to do with it. And yet as you were coming out with all of the symptoms that you were experiencing, like what, uh, what exactly about the implant is affecting our body? Mm, good question. So the unfortunate reality of breast implants is that they've never done a long-term study on these, right? To see what happens if a woman has had them long-term. Mm -hmm. And what we know is that there are over 30 heavy metals and polymers and chemicals inside of these implants. They're not just silicone, right? They're mm -hmm. not just saline. And of course, that's what I thought. Like I'm getting silicone put into my body. It's a, it's a, it's a sack and I trust the medical establishment and no quote unquote, no one else has gotten sick from it. Social media is now showing that a lot of other women have. So we're all coming together and sharing stories. So what happens is that they did a, a big study um, with 100,000 women and they found several statistics that they were unable to report. And put this in the show notes, Kat, you can put this in the show notes. 
it's my, my article I wrote 33 reasons that breast implants your doctor didn't know about. And can you say that again? 33 reasons mm-hmm. not to get breast implants your doctor did not warn you about. And I can send you the article too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. It took me over a year to compile all of that data and to really look deep into what was what was real and what was hype, right? Because what I've heard a lot since I've been through this journey is like, oh, you know, there's a lot of women out there. Like you did this to yourself. Like you and you had these toxins installed. Like, of course you deserve to feel this way. And, you know, you hear women that it's like, oh my God, like, think about this for a second. Oh, I have breast cancer. Oh my God. Tell me what you need. Like we we take it so seriously in our culture Mm -hmm. that breast cancer. But if someone says I am experiencing what I believe to be breast implant illness, someone's like, oh, well, you put those things in anyway, you you know, Mm -hmm. you should have known better. Wait a second. How would I have known better if no one told me or any of us for that matter, that there were 30 plus toxic chemicals inside of these things and that they cause up to 800% increased risk of autoimmune disease and that women have two to three times higher risk of suicide and depression than women who don't have breast implants. And that these things, that women are 300 to 500% higher chance of losing their baby to miscarriage when they're carrying a, a, a small infant in their body these things are not taught to us. And so this is a new study that came out just last year that decided to actually follow 100,000 women because the FDA was not reporting the women that were coming in and saying they were having problems with their breast implants. So similar to, let's just say, um, hormonal birth control. Here's what happens in the studies. And here's the real, here's what happens in the science. The science that is funded by the very people that profit from the product that they're testing it's not third party. It's, it's inside of their own companies that they're doing this and skewing the data. And you'll see that in this article. And you'll also hear some of this in the summit that Kat's going to invite you to as well with her link is that these studies that they do is they will pull together, like, let's say a thousand women and they'll follow them over. Usually it's not 10 years. Usually it's like uh, maybe a year at most, or for many, you know, pharmaceuticals, it'll be three months. That's mm-hmm. not enough time. So they'll follow them and then they'll ask them questions. And let's say they'll ask you, hey, Kat, you know, how's the birth control working for you? Right? Yeah. And you say, well, you know, I, and then they report feelings of menopause because that's what birth control does is it kind of puts you into menopause. And they're like, well, I'm really tired and my hair is falling out and I'm depressed and I'm exhausted. And I'm gaining weight or, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. Everybody has different responses to different kinds of birth control, but it's all toxic. It's all synthetic. And so they go, okay, yes, but have you gotten pregnant? And they're like, no. And then the reporters say, okay, well then it, it's a hundred percent effective. And we're going to put it out there that hundred percent of women were happy with their, the results. Mm-hmm. Wait a second. No, I just told you that it had all these symptoms. Yeah, but you haven't gotten pregnant and that's the intended use of it. Well, but I, I didn't get birth control to not get pregnant. I got it because I had acne. Well, but birth control is birth. So this is, you, you get the point, right? Yeah. So this is, and so similarly with breast implants, they had a lot of women reporting a lot of complications and they did not report them. So this is part of the problem is that they have been skewing the data. So the reality is, is that we have now become the studies coming together and going, wait a minute, let's compare notes. And we have these symptoms and the symptoms that I talked about with, with Botox are kind of similar that what that a lot of women who've never had Botox that I've worked with have breast implants and are on the other side of it. So a lot of these symptoms are very hard to pinpoint to one thing or another because most women are on some sort of like birth control. They have an IUD or they're on some sort of, you know, bioidenticals of some kind or, you know, some kind of hormonal, um, let's just say, um, Premarin or something for menopause. So they're on some sort of usually synthetic birth control or or hormones. And then they have also maybe breast implants and, or they've done Botox. Those are the three biggest offenders today with women. Mm -hmm. And those mm-hmm. are the three biggest ones, but yet so many women are just going after cleaning up their, their cosmetics or cleaning up their skincare routine. But it goes so much deeper than that because these three things are permanently inside of our body. They're permanently living inside our mm-hmm. body. Whereas things we apply to our body, they become our body with, within 30 seconds, about 60 to 70% of everything we t- that touches our skin becomes our bloodstream that becomes a responsibility of our liver to detox, which has over 500 functions. And today, of course, everybody is suffering from an overburdened liver. 
Mm. everybody because our poor liver has to filter out so much stuff you know Um, my poor liver my poor little liver so this is amazing what you what you're expressing here and what I'm wondering as a um, as a researcher myself is uh, you know there's so many different factors and and uh, correlations here um that I can imagine it's hard to decipher which are causations and which are correlations. And, you know, even with the high rise of depression, you know, is it because of the breast implants or is it because the, the population of the people who tend to go towards um, having those surgeries have a bit more likelihood of depression? Mm-hmm. Great question, Kat. So, you know, what they've found is that, you know, the transparency of it is that the women who decide to get breast implants, and I'll just say women and breast implants, right? We'll focus on that for a second. We tend to be more insecure. We tend to carry around stories that we're not enough. And that's, that's a stressor in and of itself Mm -hmm. is I don't love myself. And I'm constantly, if you think about it internally in the mind, we're constantly attacking ourselves. You're not enough. Like you're ugly. Look at that wrinkle. We're picking ourselves all day long. Right. So there's that internal thought, that dialogue. And if you have that internal attack of words, then what is the real definition of autoimmune disease, but internal self-attack? So Mm -hmm. is it our thoughts that are creating it? Is it the toxins that are creating it? And that's why the, the people that I work with, I mean, I attr- we attract who we are or who we've been, right? Who, where we were. And so the women that I'm attracting to work with are the women that, that are realize that there is some sort of a mindset component to this, that the fast track to transforming your body, your life, your thoughts, your energy, it, it begins with the narrative of how did I get here? And so there's something called retracing whereby when we cleanse the body out. And, and at this point, you know what? We will never, I mean, as long as I can, maybe AI will change this, but I'm a little scared of AI. Um, but AI may change it, who knows? But the, we can't pinpoint, like you said, one thing. So let's not focus on being hypervigilant about was it this or was it this or was it this and just realize, mm-hmm. okay, here are the facts. We don't know, we, we won't know. What we can know now is like, I have neurotoxic scores that I look to see how toxic people are. And I have a level of, how deep I cleanse with them and what kind of cleansing I do with them and what kind of lab testing we do with them based on that score. And if they're super toxic, it could be because of all these things. And I ask them, you know, are you still doing this or what's inside of your body or what's going on in your mouth? Because oral infections play a big role too. You know, we've mm-hmm. got a lot of people with root canals, a lot of people that have wisdom teeth pulled. 86% right. of people who've had at least one wisdom teeth pulled have a cavitation of some kind. And every root of your mouth has some sort of connection to every organ in your body based on Chinese medicine. So it's all of these things, right? So I, I take a person's life and this may all sound so overwhelming to you guys, but what we can do is when you're working with somebody and you have experienced someone as a coach or someone who's leading you, who's been there and been through all of this and done that, they can take you from point A to point B and teach you how to clean it all out at once without it being confusing, without it being extremely costly and getting there faster. What happens is when we start pulling the toxins from the body safely, and I'm not talking about IV chelation because that's kind of like having sex without lube when you're on a dry spell. Oh, fuck that shit. Nope. Oh, I know. Nope. No Sahara <laughs> Desert. No, no thank you. <laughs> Nobody and crosses the desert at that no, point. <laughs> nobody. Yeah. This is where you, you know, you go and say, why, what's going on with my body? Why can't it, you know, why can't I moist up myself without needing that kind of thing and, and, and sit with it and be patient with the body and not force these things out. So it, it's a very important process to open up the pathways first to make sure that when you do start dislodging toxins, then they have a place to exit. Because if you don't have an exit strategy, and if you've been somebody, let's say you've done Botox, let's say that you have a lot of constipation, which means that you're not two, two to three round banana poops every day. And it doesn't take, you don't have to push, you don't get hemorrhoids, you don't have bleeding, which the majority of people are having problems today and they just don't want to admit it. So, so we need a, we need a poop how many times a day? Two to three times a day. Two to three times. Okay. Two to three times. I'm putting that in my to-do list. Got yeah. it. You're too poopless. <laughs> Number two. Reach my quota for today. <laughs> I feel so accomplished. <laughs> and you know what? If um, if you guys are out there going, okay, well, how do I poop better? The the summit link that Kat's going to share with you, the non toxic beauty revolution, where I interviewed Kat as well as like forty nine 
other amazing um, self-love and silicone detoxing and beauty care uh, mm-hmm. experts. We talk so about good. some awesome holistic detox strategies to how to improve your poops that have been around for thousands of years that Cleopatra used mm. back then. So mm-hmm. we're bringing it back. We're bringing it back. So if you're not pooping well, do not start a detox exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. Mm. This is the biggest, this is the biggest no, no. I see people doing all the time. They're like, Oh, a cleanse sounds good. Um, but if you start a cleanse and your pathways aren't open, all it does is it's like a snow globe. It just like, you just shake the snow around and it just lands back to where it started and actually could be even more toxic. So, you know, it working with somebody with, to, to cleanse, um, and people think detoxes and like drugs, recreational drugs, but detoxing means just clearing all the chemicals. When you do that and you're working with a, a practitioner who really understands how to walk you through the steps to do it and how to identify how toxic you are and where the toxins are, are possibly stored and why they're there. And also not just cleaning up your body now, but cleaning up the inflow of where it's coming from. Mm-hmm. Then you can start really clearing these toxins from the body. It, it, an average person takes one or two years to really clear the really toxic metals that are causing them brain fog and hormonal chaos and digestive despair. It's a long time. And so people do these like three-day cleanses or three-week cleanses or three-month cleanses even. It's just not a time. Mm-hmm. And so when these toxins leave the body, with it comes trauma. With it comes the imprint of memories that haven't been somehow stored somewhere in an organ, like the liver is anger and the kidney is fear, as an example, is for Chinese medicine. And so when you start cleaning the liver, when you start cleaning the the liver, you may experience anger, like moments where you didn't really, let's say in your childhood, you were angry about something, but you didn't get to express it because you're supposed to cross your legs and sit pretty. So you may experience these emotions and when you start to detox, you will also start to detox those toxic stories. So also having someone with you to hold space for you mm-hmm. while you're clearing that, it's like called a ret- like me. It's like a therapist, exactly. <laughs> it's called retracing. Mm. So we're retracing our steps. We're finally allowing the organ some breathing room, some space, and some repair. And that whole process is so beautiful. It doesn't have to take years anymore. You can work with people like practitioners like myself and Kat to clear these things and get there faster. So it doesn't have to be super arduous. And that's the formula that I've created because I I was lost myself. I was alone. I was crying. I was snotting. I was on my knees. Like what is going on? And and I don't understand. And then I found these answers and I went, everybody needs to know this and everybody deserves a chance to heal. And I'm going to provide that to them. Yes. Oh my God. This is so juicy. Everything that we're saying here is just so, um, I, I hope that our listeners out there are opening their hearts and opening their minds to be able to receive all of this juicy nurturance here. Um, I wanted to end today's episode with, you know, as we're talking we started talking about our boobies and we started talking about, you know, like holding our boobies and if we don't change them surgically, how do you think that we can develop a strong, like a, a love relationship with our breasts? Like what, what do you do? What's in your ritual? Mm-hmm. Okay. Great question. And this could apply to anything, right? Anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even your so, calves or your butt or your, yeah, whatever, whatever it is, yeah. your cheekbones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everything, everything. Um, a couple things. So I'll be a hundred percent candid by letting you all know, and my book will be coming out soon and Kat will share with you that I'm sure when that does, it'll be coming <laughs> totally. out at the end of next month. And, um, you know who I'm having edit it? Okay. Maya Eller. Oh yeah. From, from Xanadu. Yeah. So we all just, it's important to have tribe and she's one of our sisters. She's a great writer too. So um, what I did when I had my breast implants removed, because I, I resisted it for three years and I didn't want to take them out because I was afraid my breasts would look like raisins. And I was like, oh my God, I'm going to look like, you know, these strange, saggy looking things, which is exactly the case with so many women who have been moms. And then they, they talk about and reference their boobs, like these nylon socks with tennis balls at the end of it. And then there's so much shame they carry around. And so for me, and for those of you who are listening Um, I did what's called fat transfer. If you're considering moving your breast implants, you can have what's called fat transfer. Um, There's three options. You can have your breast implants just removed. It's called explant. Uh, I highly recommend you are also working with your mindset at this time. So you're also explanting the bully, explanting the toxic story as well as the toxins at the same time. 
because it's one thing that many people are not doing is working with the mindset when they're removing it. And they also think that just removing the breast implants will be enough and that's it. Mm-hmm. But most people, some people are getting better, some people are getting worse. And so it's really important to, to prepare for that surgery because it's a beast. Um, the second thing you could do is a removal of the implants and what's called a lift. And so what they do is remove the breast implants and then they cut your skin open so that they kind of put your areola back into the center because mine were downward facing nipples. And Mm -hmm. I was like, whoa, my nipples are pointing downward because these things are so heavy. They pull your shoulders forward. Yeah. Yeah. So you can do that. The third thing is you can do what's called fat transfer. And and that would be where if you are worried that you're going to lose a lot of your you know, volume, you can have parts of fat removed from, let's say your waistline or your inner thighs or your belly, which is what I, I didn't even have that much fat, but he took some of those and put them into my breasts. I probably retained half of it. I had a hundred CCs, um, in each breast put in. So I ended up as a, like a 34 C, like a 34 BC and mm-hmm. with them. I love them now. I'm stoked because like Kat and I were talking before I could wear these, like, you know, under boob shirts where I just feel like I'm, I'm small again. I feel I was 15 pounds, move my implant. And yes. I just feel so beautiful and so soft and, and feminine again. Um, and so this big gigantic candle of things inflaming my entire body. So yeah. if you have breast implants, if you're contemplating removing them, that's, that's one thing that you can do. Uh, so that's a bridge to love your body. I look at my breasts every day and I'm like, I love the size of you. That's one thing. If you've never had breast implants and, or you're considering it or doesn't matter, even if you do have breast implants on the way to explanting, or if you never do, it's, it's really looking at yourself and asking yourself what defines beauty mm-hmm. to, mm. to me, what defines beauty and getting really real with what comes out of your brain that comes out of your mouth when you're journaling, what defines beauty? Yeah. And yeah. Like Kat, what defines beauty to you? Oh God, that's such a good question. Um, what defines beauty to me? Radiance like real radiance, something that, that radiates a, um, you know, this, this higher vibration or this like happiness, this love acceptance, all of that. I think that is beauty for me. And, you know, as, as you're talking about these, um, these practices around the breast and speaking for myself, I haven't had, um, breast implant surgery. So, so, uh, mine's natural, but at the same time, I've n- you know, never had a good relationship with my breasts until I started studying Tantra and I, we would do breast massage practices every morning. And not only was that getting me connected with them, feeling them, but it increased my sensitivity. It, it uh, flushed out any uh, toxins that were built up through my lymph system yes. and they firmed up and they, they became, they're just like a little perky things. And I'm like, Oh, I love you so much. Ah. Yes. You know, and it's just like creating that space and time for us to be with our bodies. Yes. So wherever yes. you're at, you know, in whatever way that you don't like your body, you know, can you consciously spend time with it and be with it? And, you know, adding to that, because that's where I was going with this, is that it's important to first start with the question, what is beauty? And the way that you define beauty did not encompass anything about injections, anything about surgical surgeries, uh, about altering your body in any way. What you define as beauty is accepting and loving everything as it is without trying to control it, which is an agenda of the ego. And that agenda of the ego needing to control things means that inside of ourselves, we feel out of control. And we feel that things need to be more perfect and we need to be at cause for that. And so when you can embrace and love all the parts of you through your challenging of yourself and what defines beauty, you will find it. Mm-hmm. And when you accept more of yourself, you won't be out there trying to fix and mother everybody. And you won't have a relationship where you feel like you have a son as a husband or whatever, because you're trying to fix everybody else. And it's mm-hmm. your job to fix everybody else. Cause 76% of women report caring for other people at the expense of themselves And so this is, this is that journey. So when you have the story, it's like, hold your breasts, hold your butt, hold your body with that new belief in your, in your mind of what beauty is. So you're doing the things like Kat just mentioned, you're working on lymphatic drainage. And I say this every single day, our lymph, our body is 75% lymph and 25% blood yet it doesn't get enough attention. And your lymphatic system carries the toxins and infections that are making you sick. So mm-hmm. just like Kat said, our breasts are a hu- the hugest source of our body for lymphatic 
and, and holding these toxins. So by not touching your breasts, you are not inviting cleansing and clearing out the things. Just like we started this episode, you're not inviting your body and your heart right next to your heart to clear the stories and to clear the chemicals that are blocking you and your beauty and you expressing your greatest radiance. Yeah. Wow. Ooh, Diane, this is so awesome. It's just like you and I can run with this forever. Like these two little (laughs) unicorns through the fields, just like, "Ah, and here's some, (laughs) and here's some wisdom and here's some wisdom and you get some wisdom, right? It's just like (laughs) fucking amazing. How can people find more about you? Where can they go? Yeah. Well, my name, dianekazer.com, K-A-Z, like zebra, E-R, D-I-A-N-E-K-A-Z-E-R. I'm sometimes I'm a zebra. Sometimes I'm a unicorn with cat. Depends on, you know, who, who I'm illuminating myself around. Cause I don't show my horn to everybody. Right, Only the right. people who I know would, you know, not throw stones at me. So anyway, um, that's my website. And I'm also going to encourage all of you who are listening to uh, check out the link that's, that the cat's going to share Mm-hmm. Um, which is where I had Kat as a guest on uh, about self beauty and body positivity and acceptance, and we talked and about eating disorders, disorders. there. Yeah, yes. I talked to you about and, talk to everybody about recovering from eating disorders. Yeah, that's that's yeah. another form of OCD um, and a form of control is by controlling um, it, it is the illusion of control by controlling what we can't control physically when we feel out of control mentally. Uh-huh. So that's another one. You know, it's it's added to the whole what beauty is and beauty isn't. So really important to listen to that, that episode. And you guys can listen to all those free, um, when Kat's releasing this, this, uh, with her link to the, um, the revolution that we started, non-toxic beauty revolution. And then I, I also encourage you guys to take a look at Kat's program. She's, she's the beauty bomb. Mm, she is, I mean, everything that Kat touches turns to rainbow gold <laughs> mm-hmm. and, um, what she's created, I have seen behind the scenes and Mm-hmm. It, this is the women's empowerment that we need. And I'm in there talking about nutrition inside of her program too. And yeah. like love.body. Mm-hmm. Love, yeah. Really so powerful. follow that link. And it's just, those are the places you can find me. And I'm the only Diane Kayser in the world. So you can find me on social media and YouTube <laughs> and everywhere else where I'm sharing these, these toxic truths and, and how to transform your body from the inside out by clearing out the toxic chemicals and the toxic stories that are blocking you from your, your true beauty, your radiance, your elegance, your vitality, and, um, the purpose that you came here to serve. Yeah. Thank you so much, Diane. Oh, so good to have you. Yeah. Thanks for having me again to Kat and everybody for listening. Yeah. Lovers. Thank you for tuning in. And if you enjoyed the show, please head to eatplaysex.com, subscribe to the show and connect with us, grab our sexy guides and click on this link to join this incredible summit. You won't regret it. It's, it's, it'll blow your mind because our goal here is to help you to eat, play and sex better so you can improve your sex life, which will improve every aspect of your life. Mm. I'll see you next time on Eat, Play, Sex. Thanks for tuning in, lovers. Don't forget to subscribe to the channel. You can find out more about our guests and topics from our show by checking out eatplaysex.com. Until next time, don't forget to nourish your sex life.